Hello, everybody. Thank you for jumping in to another episode of the Access Potential Podcast. You're here with John Marsh, and today on the show, I've got a really cool guest. His name is Takesh Mitsoguchi Thorne. And Takesh was a creator of Surf Flow, and we dive into this in the episode. Uh, effectively, Surf Flow is a movement and therapy practice specifically for surfers to get them feeling their best, performing their best, surfing their best. He works with individuals uh, remotely and face-to-face. Face-to-face is his primary kind of way of delivering, including amateur surfers, uh, other athletes, and also you know world-class professional surfers as well. So in this episode, we dive into Takesh's journey um, from surfing, from sport, from an early movement practice when he was young around Capoeira, uh, into starting this business. So how he how he's sort of come through this story, picked up the skill set, started to dive deeper into sort of this healing side, and then how he started to create a value transfer to the people he wanted to serve. We talk about. Uh, niching down so he gives some really powerful insights on how he narrowed his niche and then basically blew up his business and, and grew the business and we also talk about building relationships the importance of offline face-to-face uh, relationship even with uh, you know a heavy presence on social media these days for most people and finally we dive into a really cool sort of topic which is how Takish views this idea of manifesting, how he sets visions uh, creatively, so sometimes with paintings, and how he basically builds the future that he wants to create. And it's it's been a, a key sort of uh, way that they've been able to or that they've created this sort of dream life that they're living now uh, with the family and basically traveling around Australia and, and servicing surfers with the business. So very, very cool journey. Um, I hope you enjoy it. It was a real pleasure to listen to Takesh's story and learn a little bit more about him and what the work that he does. Uh, enjoy the episode. Let's get stuck in. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. So maybe, you know, just to kick us off, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I'm always interested in in story and backstory and where people have come from. I know we met um, briefly at the Movement Collective, which was really cool, and you shared a little bit of your journey. Mm. Yeah, maybe you just introduce yourself, a little bit of what's gotten you to where you are at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my name's uh, Takish. Um, I have been created surf flow around three and a half, four years ago um, through my passion in uh, a background in surfing um, and competing and the movement through a journey through with my brothers. When we were young, we, um, my mum got us involved in capoeira and um, a lot of soccer and other sports, but um, that were, uh, it was a big influence through the music and and the the way that we would move our bodies, um, which really integrated into our performance in playing soccer to a high level and other sports we 
just doing nippers and etc. So that was a big influence when we were younger. Um, and the body work, um, my mum and dad actually, they met doing shiatsu. And so it's been a funny little journey of a circle where we've, um, I've come around after competing in that and, and started to do the body work and um, through that journey. Um, and I have uh, my wife, Brooke, and Maloha, my little daughter. She just turned four a couple of days ago, and a son, Nalu, is nine months today. Um, oh, cool. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool to see we're living in full-time in a converted Toyota coaster, um, and we've been in this for around about a year and a half. And before that, we were in a school bus. It was just based on a land behind Burley Heads, which was another three and a half, four years. So, yeah, it's been a great little journey to where we are now. Um, I turned 30 this year. And, yeah. Awesome. There's, there's so much I want to dive into. Um, I'm interested, you know, straight away when you talked about this early introduction to capoeira and, you know, for, for sort of wanting of a better term, I'll kind of call it movement, having mm. this movement practice when you're young, like I played soccer too, right? But mm. there was no, that, that other side of, I guess, less structured movement didn't sort of exist. And I think back then, particularly, and um, I'm not sure where you grew up, grew up, mm. like, was that unique? Was what was the context like, you know, for you guys doing that mm. so early, you know? Um, yeah, I guess a big thing is um, my mom raised us three boys. I have a twin brother, Khan, and a little brother, Mahaya. Um, and we we were born just outside of Byron Bay and my little brother was born in Burley Heads. Um, I guess we moved around a lot, but I'd say a primary place for primary school was Kingscliff. So it's just mm -hmm. south of the Gold Coast. And then um, we did high school in um, Palm Beach Crumman in the Gold Coast. But um, for the Capoeira, mum was just really... Um, I guess a big influence in there was a uh, capoeirist um, Louise Bobento in Kingscliff who was running some classes and we started actually I think before that we started when we were about five or six years old mum mm. got us involved just because of the dance and the the rhythm and the how fun it was um, mm. and that was a big influence through keeping us three active and out of trouble. <laughs> so I think um, I, I'd have to say when we were like growing up, we'd always do like little demos and be more like dance in front of the, the school. But um, I think everyone thought we could uh, fight. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was just a, a dance we were doing up there. And then, um, yeah, sort of gave us a little bit of a, a name for what we did. Yeah, cool. And so um, um, my next question is, you know, you guys are living uh, 
you know, I, I would say like a little bit different to the status quo now, right? Like the life that you've carved mm. out, which is really cool. Mm. And I want to, I want to talk about that. Is this, you know, the thing that you talked about, like you're up the front of the school doing capoeira, um, obviously it wasn't the norm, you know, back then or, or when mm. you were at that age, is this sort of, um, I don't want to say separation from the status quo, but mm. just kind of like this, this doing your own thing or carving your own path. Sometimes I, I call it from my friend Joey's term, like, was that something that was instilled in you guys as a family? Is that a way that you've looked at the world um, for a while? Uh, I would definitely say um, mom being a big influence in opening our awareness to different sorts of way of living or lifestyle or movement, um, I guess, taking us to um, Woodford when we were really young and that was a big influence. Um, just seeing different cultures and, and how at such a young age you take in so much and, and seeing like the capoeiras come from Brazil and they'd be doing all these crazy flips and like to see that and be inspired was, um, yeah, it was definitely outside the normal box of what we would do. Um, and I think a lot of people were reflecting on it, seeing a lot of um, friends that we grew up, they always remembered them um, moments of us doing that. So that was a big, in, yeah, a way of what we created into our life. And um, we did that until I think still um, probably start of high school, so mm -hmm. 13 years old yeah um and then how did this lead into or, or could you talk a little bit about this experience competing as well and surfing that you mentioned that at the start i think yeah uh, what did that look like was that a big part of your life the competition and how did that sort of unfold um i would say like um a big influence was our um our background in soccer we got really quite um high level in the soccer and it was really motivating that we ended up getting scholarships to pbc and and moving up there but um just the dynamics behind the scene of the politics and that we um it didn't really fill us up so we started surfing and um from I, I reflect from our movement patterns, it really integrated into that and we learned pretty quickly. And then um, we started just surfing every day from, I think we started around age 10 and then by the 13, when we we're hitting high school, we were doing it every day. And um, yeah, we went through a, a journey of competing and I really enjoyed um, with my brothers, we'd always just, around with each other and then started competing in club rounds and then and then ended up doing the pro junior and then started to do some qs events and then i did a journey over in um had some sponsors in japan and spent like doing endless summers sort of summer here in australia and then summer over there 
in Japan. And um, yeah, that was really a really great experience to be able to compete and, and see the world in, in that way. And then how long did you continue the competition run for? Uh, I feel um, it would have been until I was around 23 years old. Um, okay. It was, it's, uh, it's beautiful to see the places, but it's, it's hard to, um, to keep everyone happy with the sponsors and that. And I, I felt the, the, yeah, it's, it's a, I feel there's a lot more, um, support these days with around that. And, um, but back then it was, um, I was, I finished like, um, I was still doing a little bit of work with my carpentry and that and while competing and, and then I started architecture at uni and I was sort of just dabbling in a lot of things, but I found that the, the free surfing and, um, like chasing swells and that was a lot more fulfilling than, um, coming to QS events when it's, um, one to two foot, but it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 pretty much stopped when I was in like Taiwan, I think when I was in a contest and then um, yeah, I went to reunion Island and I, I gave, I had a break. Yeah. Okay, cool. So just as I, I am guessing just to piece things together until we kind of get up to speed on mm. where you guys are at now. And I, I want to talk about the vision that you had and how you kind of set up into what you're doing currently. You mentioned um, you mentioned building or or building and or architecture as well. Mm. Um, talk to us a little bit about that period. I guess it's in was it in your twenties after the mm. the competition? What did that look like, and and how did you sort of navigate until you started to do the surf flow work? Yeah, um, I was around. Uh, yeah, just after school, I finished like, um, uh, I started to do like a building design course at TAFE and then um, I started my apprenticeship and while I was competing, it was just a great way for me to do something while I was at home and, and have a motivation towards, I guess the big thing was underlying was like, um, doing the contest was a motivation. So it sort of kept me in line with, okay, I'm going to work this March. And I had a few bosses that were um, not that good. And then, and then I met one, um, Matt O'Brien and, and he really helped me and supported my journey and, and believed in what I did. So that really supported that vision of, um, okay, I can still do a little bit of contest. I can still compete, but I can still do a little bit of work and chip away at finishing an apprenticeship. Um, and that was until I had a goal of like, by t 21, I was finishing my apprenticeship and I was um, competing in that. So, and yeah, I got to that goal. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then I, from there I was, I was ended up like, doubling really i was doing building design as well um because he had like a uh, he had a company as well with um architectural designs and that so 
that was another thing I was like, oh, I could do this while I'm away and competing um, with the architectural design and that. But um, it ended up going into towards a starting uni and that, but not really finding that that was really what I wanted to do with the hours that they would do. And um, I guess you're always pleasing. Um, you're not really, yeah, it was, it was a tricky one. So I sort of left yeah. that stage. And then how did the sort of inception or the early days of the surf flow come about? Cause that would have been, that would have been around this time, was it, or a little bit later? How did you how did you move into that, and what did that look like? Um, yeah, so Surfflow it really created from um, I had I ended up doing um, when I was about twenty four. I started my journey with the healing, and I went over to Thailand and studied with Montaktia and um, a lot of other some other teachers over there and then um, a big influence was when we were 10 years old my mum was took us up to Gwyn Williams up on the Sunshine Coast and he gave us um mum gave us a gift for our, our Christmas or, or birthday um uh, a session with him and that really set um wow this guy's like was flying us and um it was really amazing to experience that at that age. And mm. then from there, we, I guess that in, like set a little seed in, in us. And then um, we didn't really think of it in, at that time, but then, um, yeah. And then I, when I started the healing journey, I always wanted to go back up and study with Quinn, but um, I was overseas. And so I did the other trainings. And then when I got back to Australia, I, I, went up there and, and did the course for the nine months. And that was um, an incredible journey to more than just the physical form of giving um, to just really know more about yourself. And wow. um, so from there, we, that was a big integration into where I um, created surf flow from um, and having the background of Kapoor and everything. Um, and then just my love for surfing every day. And I was like, would do bodywork sessions or whatever, but I would meet people in the waves and it would just be organic that, oh, yeah, I can see what you're doing, Takish. Like, can I come in for a session? And then it just um, snowballed from there. So cool. Where Surflow is today. And I, I maybe it was like, um, yeah, about three or four years ago, I. I started just said, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. And I um, uh, called up Gwynny and who's in Byron and, and we had a chat and I just said, oh, I'm, I'm keen to like start my own thing up and that. And, and that's where um, from that, I feel from that day was really big. Um, it really just put the vision and in the universe that where I wanted to be. And it um, really, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today without looking back at that. Mm. The first thing I just want to say is how cool your mum is, huh? Like some of the stuff from the early days, it sounds like really was pivotal. And then seeing the possibility of introducing you 
to some of that um some of that work at 10 it's pretty amazing mm. yeah yeah she's pretty amazing <laughs> um so one little question i've got because i think it might be really helpful to people listening you once you studied and you were back down in the surf and mm. i love this part of a journey where you mentioned people in the waves would talk to you mm. or people in the surf would talk to you and so your 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 seeing in the culture this this opportunity or this way to be of service or this need and i wonder if you could just talk to us about some of the nuts and bolts of what you were doing um including things like you know were you working out of someone else's space how were you navigating that journey because before that point it's kind of uncertain right and mm. then all of a sudden you're seeing the opportunity and mm. then you sort of flip the switch but maybe going back to that time could you just talk us through how you were kind of technically um, moving through it because i think a lot of people sit in this space and they get the education mm. in the course and then it's this sort mm. of you know gray zone yeah, for sure. Um, well, it was, um, yeah, when Maloha was just born, um, I was offering the sessions at the markets um, and that was, um, yeah, that was really cool to go through that little journey. Um, but when I decided I was actually working out um, in a lot of studios as well, teaching um the like surf flow yoga style but more so and so i would do some sessions out of um out of the studio um studios i think i was working at like three or four um but i picked like pretty much one was it around rainbow snapper one was at burley one was at um Corumban. and that was pretty cool to see that and then i was doing some classes on the beach as well mm -hmm. but to see with the body work and that um people had a, a bit of an understand well they had a knowledge of, from my surfing background and surfing every day and that so we started to just do some sessions in the studios when the, they wouldn't do classes or i would do mobile um sessions and that was um that was really it was a quite um full on because you're like running around yeah. doing like um but it was um it was all good learning i feel yeah. it was it was great to have um so many bodies so many hands to have that experience and is that where you were shaping your um your vision or your craft or, you know, the yeah. way of blending in all the different things that you do was in that early, early stage. Yeah, definitely. It um, really, it come down to seeing the vision of like the movement and then the therapy and the surf and just having a background in, in them and then relating and being organically relating that to the client or friends or and then um we were looking around and actually um plus space there's like andy ross they have a studio in 
Kira and they just sort of renovated it and they were looking for, they were sort of like make it your own. So it was really cool um, analogy. They would be like, you know, bring other different pr practitioners in and just make the space your own. And that really like fueled up um, and uh, ignited a lot of, um, so I started to do some stuff out of there. And it was, um, it was more of an aspect of like um, the do dojo mats and, and had the few rings and so, so similar to what Rod has, but just in a little bit of a small confined space. And I just, it was really cool to, I sort of broke out of the yoga realm. Um, and that was pretty big mm. for me to, to be in a more of a space where there was, you could integrate the capoeira and there wouldn't be any judging because there's no mat, the big yeah. mat. So like the ground is out of teacher and, um, and that really, started to come through with um i had um some like a, uh, a friend that i went to school with like jack freestone but he come in and, and he really put me on the map when he put a post up in it and i look back at that and just how the studio was and it was clean it was like a white sort of background but just clean floor and um the dojo mat and um that really um took off from there can you give us, I love this. So if you're listening and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack Freestone would have been a high profile pro surfer who shared the work that you were doing with him. So you, your work basically got spread across his audience. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, can you t tell us a little bit, like was the thing that was in the post, I know these are like tiny details, <laughs> but yeah. like the thing that he shared was it was it unique in some way like what was it that about it that turned heads or, or was it just the background or what was it that he actually shared that people were like oh like i'm going to check this out what do you think that might have been um actually yeah i would say um before that um taylor cecil come in and he um had a session and um he was very respected in in the field of um, movement and rehab um and then freestone reached out and i've known him for a long time but he got to see that work through that um post and then we really when he posted it was more like um yeah i'm i'm this is something I've been looking for and it's um, something different and especially the way that um, you see in a post of, I guess his respect mm. um, through the surfing world um, really shown through in the work I was doing because he respected it. And, and a lot of people, um, I guess there was some pretty gnarly, there was a few, there's always going to be some people out there saying some stuff um, yeah. in the posts and that, but um, overall it was a really good um, response to the, to the world in, in, in it's, it's a different way to look at um, how we can um, honor this vessel we're in. Mm. And so how at this time, you know, you're getting this sort of, I guess, early resonance or rich, or sort of um, traction with with some of the early adopters and people are experiencing it. 
um, what were you thinking personally and, and how did this sit uh, relative to your, to your vision uh, of, of living the way that you're living now and, and traveling around a little bit more? Like, how did this fit together? And what did you do from that point once you started to get that early traction? Um, yeah, from that early traction, it really, um, took off, um, as uh, I guess the Gold Coast is the, one of the most, um, powerful surfing, um, cities in the world as to world titles and et cetera. And just, a, a vast, um, with the tour coming in and each year and that. So it was, um, it really snowballed from there because a lot of um, around that time, a lot of the athletes would be there and then they would reach out. They've seen that post or they've seen this and then Isabella come and yeah, we've had a great relationship now and it's, it's really, I guess I really um, looked at it and looked at how much um, I was charging and then, how much um, the value it was giving so many people and, and that's where it really like okay my energy and time looking at that and knowing that what I am offering is um, unique mm -hmm. and that really um, yeah it just kept on going up so with with people coming in and um, the respect of what I did it's probably a really good time I think for the listeners, could we just describe, I guess, Surflow, the kind of people who come to you, um, what you help them with exactly, and, and maybe what that looks like for those who have never come across it or may not have seen it before? Yeah. Um, so Surflow is uh, movement surf and therapy. So it's alleviating imbalances in the body to create awareness for a higher um, vitality for high performance or whatever's happening in one's life. Um, the movement is integrating different movement patterns to really find what's going to serve a better purpose for being on in the waves. And the, the surf is really that movement patterns and moving that from the from the land into the water mm -hmm. and translating that um and then the therapy is if there's any any injuries or anything that we can work deeper into opening that awareness into the body having a greater potential in their in their performance i mainly work with um, I would say athletes and so to see it's been really fulfilling for me to see the, the um, integration of doing the movement and then doing the therapy and then seeing them on the waves in films or um, clips and I can see where we can work towards or what we're trying to achieve or, or just mentally and physically being able to stop the mind from being in in a, a state of like a monkey mind and and finding that stillness um because 
in the, in the long run, we're, I'm really looking at longevity too mm. for other clients. So it's, it's finding a meditative movement practice where we can in, be integrating all different aspects to find your greater self. And are you seeing people come to you injured or are they coming to you looking for, you know, the performing, looking for a next level or is it a little bit of both? Um, I would say a little bit of both. Um, I've definitely had, there's always, I guess, being athletes, pushing yourself at the highest point, they're always going to have some sort of niggle or mm. something happening um, majority of the time. Um, but I do have a lot of clients come to me with um, low back issues and, and we can look into going deeper into what are we eating? What are we, what sort of water are we drinking? What are um, uh, all aspects of the spectrum of um, in the health realm? Um, and I think the, there's just a greater awareness slowly happening throughout where people are with their consciousness of their health and well-being. Mm, I love that. And would you talk to us a little bit how you work with someone? Um, typically, is it always face-to-face? Do you do online as well? Is it a once-off or do you see them for, you know, you mentioned you had a longer relationship with a couple of people. Mm. What does that look like, mm. I guess, on the nuts and bolts level when you work with somebody? Um, I would really like, um, I really look at a long, long-term base of at least, um, if it was, it's, it can be quite tricky. Um, I, I have started to do some online stuff, um, with some clients, but, um, majority of the time will be one-on-one mm -hmm. and that will run for at least it with the athletes are usually out of town and come back in um from traveling so much for the contest but um longevity in in what's happening especially going deeper into where their patterns of movement and we can just keep on going deeper and deeper some other clients will just be i would highly recommend like three sessions mm -hmm. three to four sessions and then we can really go deeper into that journey of, of what's happening and see the um, the therapy really come through with the body work and the movement. Um, mm. But saying that um, I want to empower the clients to be able to be looking after themselves and I'm not being like a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. So giving them movement patterns or um, awareness of what the what they're eating or um, other sources to empower them to live by them with the knowledge that they need to know to keep on going. It is, is a found that, um, but over this, it's always with the athletes, it's, it's just, it's a never ending um, journey of, of going deeper. Um, and it's it's really trying to understand what 
the client is willing to go and and do they want to be coachable to where where their intentions are i guess so it varies with every client but some people um will get a couple sessions and then they're like oh wow like depending where we if they're if i'm still local or i've been traveling um but i've found the longer the journey i've um been able to create with um the clients that i can really see that coming through in their in their journey and it's really inspiring so cool so you're now it's it's end of 2020 and you're now in huskerson have an amazing family you're uh you know you're living kind of kind of where you want you're traveling around with your the lifestyle that you've created and about a week or two ago i'm not sure when it was you shared a post on instagram and you shared the painting and you'd done a visual representation in the past like a few years ago of what you wanted you know your life to look like and there was a wave in the background and you know you and the family were standing there and it was really cool and sometimes um sometimes with small business owners if i'm working with them sometimes what we'll do is like a creative visualization often often imagery mm. or pictures and it i saw it and i was like wow like that and that's when i reached out to you for to for the conversation can you take us through that a little bit i'd love to hear your um your way of thinking around setting goals or visions or you know um, intentions how you did that how what you found and obviously you've you've realized it uh you know incredibly mm. well so anything that sort of comes up for you mm. along that journey yeah um my uh wife and brooke we um I've really been talking lately of that and um, the clearer the vision. Um, yeah, we actually were away um, and then we went back to our old bus and I actually found that um, painting that I did for her and the, just the having a clear, positive manifestation of where you see you want or you will be um, has been so powerful and realizing um, not to just think of like the vision to be here to be so high that it's, um, where you can't actually have a aspect of like this is where i want to be but it's like so much more higher mm -hmm. um and maybe not so much in that painting was it was a vision that we had and and we really um went deeper into it and then through other aspects of the business um we've done some manifesting and, and it's, it's really powerful to see, 
to just draw out where you where you see you, you want to be and i um gave like we just recently did another one um to see where we want to be in the next five years and to really understand and and visualize that and 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 see us there because of having that clear and clarity through that vision I, I've, I've seen so much um it might not exactly look like that picture but the direction you're going in you gotta um i guess having a look back at it um you really realize like wow like i i i, I filled up all them goals that and I guess if you don't have that vision or where you want to be, you just like go in the same circle. So really trying to pull out of that, um, that, that um, aspect of like, okay, this is the vision. I, I see where we had the, the bus and we're traveling and um, I was doing a lot of work overseas. Um, so the vision is to where I um, fly up these private clients and then I fly back and then we can keep traveling around Australia and then, and so forth. Um, and it, um, yeah, it's been incredible to see that, um, unfold. Um, so maybe I probably you like could... danced around the movement then. Yeah, the no, um, I think, I think it's maybe if you want, well, Mike, I think one thing that comes up for me is, and maybe you can help. Uh, talk us through this is like, I think a lot of people might struggle when we say, okay, let's set a, what do you, what do you want your life to look like in, in three to five years? Mm. Um, the mm. friction might come from how do I imagine something that's not significantly different from what I've been doing? right? If I've been mm. working a nine to five, maybe they're working mm. a job and they want to start a business or they want to grow the business. And um, <clears throat> so did the vision look quite different from what you were doing? And if so, how do you think you did that? Or is there anything that you could speak to in terms of like, I don't know, come to, it's kind of like coming up with the ideas, right? Like, how did you go through that mm that part of it i suppose um uh, i would say when i was working in um so many studios and teaching yoga and that i really found that um i was like how am i going to be able to support my family with with this way of doing it it's like i'm burning myself out um teaching so many classes and etc um and that really sparked a way of what could i create by myself that's un unique in a way that's gonna um serve our family and live the way that we want to live um by having um conscious conceiving with our kids and then thinking of how we wanted our kids to grow up um, and that was huge so like we're planning to unschool our kids and um, that was a big influence of how can I have time for the kids in that way and and still be around not being 
having them and then just being in a nine to five job and seeing a vision of we want to travel um, Australia, but we're, I'm still offering what I um, have created. Mm-hmm. And so that was um, a, a big influence into the way that we visioned ourselves to be like what we'll, um, being able to still surf every day or mm-hmm. and still be showing up a hundred um, clear for the for the groms and and um, I think that was that was um, uh, sort of giving you the example of what we did but um, the tools I guess was to really dive deep into what you how you want to live your life <laughs> really it's like um, people I, I think through where we've come to is like um been able to share what I love by helping people and be able to support my family and see a vision of the kids growing up in a um, a way that they can giving them the tools to integrate into what they really want to learn and and um, encouraging that. But um, yeah, I don't know if I answered the question again. But. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I guess the second part of, of setting some sort of vision like this is like, you know, two things come to mind, but basically it's the taking action, right? It's the, it's doing the work or showing up in the way that's going to lead yeah. you towards a vision. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. was there anything or any part of you or any ways of being that you re- recognize that you have to leave behind? in order to to do to go the direction you want and also like how did you consistently remind yourself of that vision or how did you stay consistent in the action to keep moving forward towards where you were going uh i i guess a big one when i was um um when I started was I remember vividly, I wanted to show the next generation there's a different way to live. Um, I didn't um, do drugs or um, um, alcohol, like very rarely. Um, So for me to encourage, especially in the surfing industry, it's changing a lot now, which I'm so, grateful for to see that um, unfolding um, but that was a big um, driving force behind where I was my vision was to show that there was a different way for the groms to like know that you don't have to drink and there is movement patterns that could you know or there's different ways you can do it um, and that was um, that really um, especially influencing through what I've created but I I guess that was a big pinnacle when I was even um, a lot of people would come up and say you know this is great what you're doing but you're like 
I totally understand where you like or you doubt yourself with um, the direction you're going. But I think that was a big um, calling. And but I think that's it, over the last few years I've seen a, a great amount of shift towards that consciousness. So that's that's really cool to see. The other thing that comes to mind uh, that I wanted to ask about is when you spoke of your childhood or your youth and you had your two brothers, you used the word we a lot and you, mm. you said we would do this, we would do this. And for the first sight, most of that time, it was we played soccer, we surfed. And there was this feeling when you spoke that you guys were um, very much a family and very much, um, you know, together in a lot of the, mm. the stuff that you did. And then you mentioned that you did the vision with Brooke as well. And you guys sat down together. And I wonder if you could talk about the importance of family or doing something like this um, with other people and what that means to you. Have you found that to be more powerful? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, as a family, um, understanding what both of us um, uh, have a vision or are manifesting towards. So then it's it's like you, you know, as they say, when you're like meditating, if there's like more than you're meditating with two or three people, every person's like twice the person. So that that's... Um, it's it's really clear to to have that vision together and then support each other by okay that i i understand where you're you're directing your intentions towards and um and then really supporting each other in that way and <clears throat> yeah i guess the my brothers and i um, growing up, yeah, we, we, we played soccer together and we played, um, we surfed together and it was just like pushing each other all the time to, um, find the, the integration of, um, how much more we can, <clears throat> sorry, be, be, um, integrating ourselves into them spaces and seeing how much like improvement and how fulfilled we were. Well, really it was just having fun together. But um, when you look and reflect on it, you're like, oh, well, like, you know, maybe my little brother was a little bit more um, interactive with different people and he would reach out and say hello. And, and then the next second we would be friends with him and like, oh, I've seen that guy surf. But I, I was too shy, but he would be like, yeah, straight in there. And the next second we're all friends. And then it's like, just from that was just like little spirals that um, really get you to get outside your box because you've um, been able to have the support around you. Mm. Yeah. One thing that came to mind just then when you were speaking that, that I didn't realize earlier was the, it feels like there's a big, um, there's been this consistent I guess, uh, influence on your journey or learning from different people, uh, your mom and then your teachers and the movement practice. And then 
doing the your brothers doing the vision um you know stuff with other people but it it sounds like you're you're always open to other people around you or, or bringing other people into the kind of the world or the mix and seeing if there's possibility or things to learn from different people um does that resonate at all is that at all accurate or could you talk a little bit about that maybe generally um yeah for sure I, um i'm always um open to learning new experiences and like even just recently i or the start of this year I went over to Costa Rica my twin brother and I he came over he's living in England so we did sort of like the halfway meet and surfed and that was really cool for like an early 30th and then I went down and did a immersion um, retreat with um, Tom Wexler and and his philosophies of um, having a background in capoeira and, and everything I was sort of looking uh, was um that was really incredible to see the different um, aspects of always being open and I I actually Rod um, reached out because he was going to do a workshop there and he's like oh you got to come see this guy and then I ended up um, watching his stuff and um, I kept on watching it and I was like wow this guy's like yeah I like what he does but um the, the I feel that I'm um, always being open and I love, um, yeah, coming and spending time with, with Rod and, and Wilbur down in Wollongong. And, and um, yeah, I've just started to be always open to um, integrating different people's philosophies and, and even recently just doing it with um, Brad Gerlach with his wave key. And yeah, so it's been really cool to like always have a, um, I like the analogy of like I think Tom was saying you can have like a parallel of um, you have your movement patterns and they have their but um, always being open to them doors and then seeing if they can intertwine with each other and then and then that's okay if it doesn't but maybe there might be a little little um gesture or something that you um that could really inter intertwine with what you're doing or, or so forth and i found that um yeah you just you never stop learning and there's always something you can pick up from someone mm. um i've seen some of your clips that you've shared of yourself surfing and um so smooth man and so so much style right looks so good i wonder Thanks. if you could talk about your you know obviously it's such a big part of your your story and your journey from a young age and it's integrated and in how you serve others now and your life now i wonder if you could just talk about like what's what surfing means to you how it's you know how you kind of balance i guess you know if that's the right word work the work that you do and and kind of how you mm. show up and surfing and mm. and maybe family and like how does this all fit in and and what is surfing how does surfing fit in that puzzle um yeah surfing um has has really uh 
just engulfed in in the lifestyle that I a healthy lifestyle that I, I live with the family and um, I find that's a, a such a big pinnacle of a, a a meditation for me in the morning um, I usually would surf every morning um, and having different boards for whatever the condition is or even if it's just body surfing um, but I've found riding all different boards to single fins, twin fins, long boards. Um, it's really the appreciation of that moving energy coming in. And it's such a healing space. I, I feel like mm. a magical um, healing space where something about that energy moving in and out and, and just letting the mind be fully present with or clearing or um and whatever's happening in life um you know you always see friends out there or say hello and that and it doesn't matter what's going on it's like oh you know how's 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 that last wave or whatever's happening it's such a, a beautiful space to be in and um i find that it's giving that to my um, son and daughter, it's really found um, the spirit of what life is really about. We're riding this wave of life and and there's so many teachings um, that integrate so much deeper than just riding um, that wave. So I've I've found that um I just love being um the the friends and the relationships you you create from that space of of um in, in such beautiful being in nature really and especially even down here on the south coast being able to walk out through these beautiful national parks that still haven't been touched. And then to integrate that in and see the dolphins coming past or the say hi and yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's it's definitely been a, a very healthy um, relationship for my relationship to my family and to my business. Um, to just come back to that, mm. being present. Yeah. And you mentioned the business. How do you, how do you move? Uh, if, if your work is one to one and you're in the South Coast now, how do you? I guess it's a little bit of a technical kind of thing, as or, or a, a smaller sort of question. But how do you, I guess, line up your next business, or how do you, um, you know, uh, get the next the next client or the next student or do you drive somewhere or what is the like technicalities i'm just thinking you know to be to be living remotely or to be living on the move or wherever you feel like and then there's a the client who wants some work in sydney or how do you how do you do that and how do you sort of yeah wrap that all up i suppose as a business um yeah so i've fortunate enough to um as you know a surfing community is quite 
small when you look at it in the world and um, from people's awareness of what I do, um, like I've come down to um, the South Coast and then I've connected with um, uh, a friend, good friend, um, Dean Bowen, and then he's um, he used to train at this little gym, um, Kurt, and then um, I've connected with him and then it's sort of, he's tapped me into his community and then from there, um, I come down to Aladala and I see Brett Bircher and he's really open to what I do and and it's just sort of snowballing from there. Um, so it's been great to be able to, I guess we've only really started to do our journey. We were down here for a couple months through the year, um, but our intentions are to be here till the end of January and the soul do stuff in um, Aladala and Kayama and Wollongong, um, possibly up in Sydney. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then we're going to head back up to the Gold Coast and, and I'll do some stuff while the tour is around. And then our um, intentions is to start to travel around Australia in our, in our Ohana, our bus. And through that, I will just give, um, I guess I'm starting to build um, relationships who have a community of respect through these people. Mm-hmm. And it's been really um, very grateful for the way that that's really unfolded, um, you know, go down to, yeah. So that's sort of the where I've been lucky enough to, um, I guess even Rod connecting with Rod all them years ago. And then he's connected me with um, Wilbur and Wollongong. And then it sort of just keeps on snowballing. And then people even um, pointing it out on to the platforms of Instagram or whatever. And, and then people go, Oh, you're around. Um, like I'd love a session. And then I'm like either do mobile with the bus or, we'll go to have a studio and I'm sort of set it up like a, a few days that I would do it and then mm-hmm. have a week where we just hang out and see places and then do it depending on where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been doing like, um, like, like this, like online um, with Bella, like if she's in Hawaii or whatever's so, um, yeah. So that's sort of been a, a way I guess everyone's had to adapt through 2020 with um, how they're offering things and um, but then a big work would be for me is um, when I go away for private clients so I'd be going away for like two weeks and then I'd come back and then whatever's in between that is is um, it's a it's a bonus really mm. and well, the, the only thing I wanted to mention after you spoke about that was, um, you know, your in your own words, you've been very fortunate for this to happen. But I just wanted to acknowledge, um, you know, I, I know the, the level of relationship that you've built and the way that you've shown up for people in relationship as I guess what I'm saying is, it won't just happen by accident 
or to you, but you've created, I think the way that you show up for people and for clients and people you meet, I think what we can learn from this is like, um, how important that is. And you've really, you've really steered and created this for yourself, I think with, you know, the people that you've worked with, and then it creates, mm. um, people want to reciprocate and mm. it creates this really beautiful sort of, um, dynamic thing that you're, you're seeing, mm. which is really cool. I think for a lot of small business owners, um, people can get trapped on looking at the social media and the email mm. campaigns and all of this stuff. And, what you're really showing is like, it's kind of the real relationships that you build. And then the other things can kind of snowball or kind of feed off of that. Mm. I don't know if that resonates at all, but I just wanted to acknowledge the work that you've done there as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, d I definitely would say I, I look back at some of the um, where I've come and then like all the messages or whatever. And and I, I definitely would um, say this. Yeah, definitely moments where it's like, oh, well, like I messaged that person and never got back to me. Or it's like the vibration wasn't there or the, the timing wasn't right. So it wasn't yeah. like always like, yeah, this is the way. And I, it was good. It was a reflection of like, well, like I, look how far I've come, but look how many much work I put into it and how many things actually paid off or um worked out in the journey or it was like oh wow like i put myself out there but it didn't work and there's been many things where i've looked back at and gone wow there was the moments where you i really did put myself out there when i did like a, a trip um overseas to fiji or whatever and, it, and i was like wow that it snowballed from there but it was like i had i, I took the risk of putting the vision of what i believed in and I knew I had something to offer and I, and I took it, but it wasn't like guaranteed. And I think the big thing I've seen over this time now is like, wow, you definitely have to put in the work because no one's just going to hand it out to you, but you're what's so incredible. I, it, there's two worlds in the Instagram world, but it's a great way to, like you say, is, is, is telling a story and you can really build on, what people you're wanting to attract and then from there i saw a, a really powerful post where it was like you know we're all vibrations of um molecules and and whatever the intention is is to have your this vibration but trying to have that intention of where you are and then getting on that same field of line of vibration which is putting yourself into that area of, or field or wherever you want to be and, and, and showing up to that because from there, you, it's like you, you putting in the work, um, the, the real momentum or where you're manifesting, it, it really unfolds in that way because you've, you've visualized it. You see yourself there. I am here. I am doing this and um and I, and I felt that that was a a great way to um and i guess nothing ever beats word of mouth to this day <laughs> mm. yeah I, yeah happens. i think you're right i think a lot, i think it can feel like a lot of it's online but i think that the word of mouth 
I think often can lead. And then this online is like a supporting mm. story. Like what you mentioned, it's like, mm. Oh, I'm going to like, you know, you and I met in the gym. We talked about mm. unschooling. You told me about the bus and it was like, Oh, cool. Mm. And there's a resonance. And then you go and then you see the story and then you're like, Oh, great. And I can resonate on the story as well and follow along mm. the journey. Um, but yeah, I think, I think going forward as we, a lot of the culture seems to want to close, close up a little bit behind screens um, and behind uh, platforms and these sorts of things, whether it's through restrictions or just the general vibe, mm. there's so much value in just meeting someone, saying hello to someone in the surf or, you know, whatever little thing that it might be. Um, can can be huge you know because you get that mm. full transmission from them in the moment mm. definitely um, um go go ahead if you've got something to say no no I, yeah i definitely um resonate with exactly that like you just it, it it can be quite tricky on the instagram world but you um like you said, we you have them conversations, and then you and you there is um. It's so big to have a platform that's sort of clear with the vision that you have, or um, because then you don't have to like they can okay I I want to know more about that guy, and then you just look in there, and then you okay I've got the idea, but it's like um it's a great way for like a lot of people even for the body work like i don't see like when i started to do the time lapses i was like oh well but it would um people would uh have an understanding of what i was going to offer and they knew what my service was and then they would come and then they're like or they had that friend or they that person or the athlete that they believed in and they liked it. So it's like they're manifested. Oh, okay. When I'm going to go in here, I'm going to feel good or whatever's going to happen. But just from that simple little um, post, it's um, they already know what they're coming in for. Mm. And I, and I think like um, a lot of people will go, Oh, like, or oh, what do you do? And I just be like, this is what I do, but um, just check my page out because then they get and they can look at their own time and and have and digest it themselves without me pushing on um you know come see me or whatever yeah. mm -hmm. and then a, a secondary thing is they also get to resonate if if it's a good fit for them yeah. with the values you know family mm. so like you know what i mean it gives it brings everything through um if you i guess if you do it well you know if you if you kind of use it you know and actually share on it which is what you're doing quite well i think you know yeah thank you um i think that's kind of all i had in terms of questions i guess one thing jumps out if you could go you know if you look back at yourself when you were i guess kicking off as a practitioner and sort of starting to help people and you know you were getting a few clients and you were in the earlier phase and then you look at where things are at yeah. now. Is there anything, you know, of course we would, we would usually never really change things, but like, is there anything that you could speak to back then that may resonate with people who are in, you know, this zero to five year sort of journey and getting 
things rolling or getting the momentum in their own vision? Yeah, uh, I, de- I definitely would say um, for me, uh, I was offering um, the mentality of the bodywork or movement, um, but it was such to a vast range of people and pleasing so many people um, until I said, no, I'm like a niche of I'm just doing surfers. And some people thought, oh, this is crazy. Like, just, like, but it, it, it made it so clear. And that's when it really started off. That's when it took off because I was like, I am a surfer. I, am, I, I love to do this. I love seeing the progression in, in this and how much integration it can happen. Um, but visually seeing that was where it really took um, Surflow to where it is now. Um, and then from, and I, I, I recently, I was saying I just do that because it's like, I, you know, I've just recently been doing work with like Kate and she's like a Vedic meditation um, in, in, um, near Kayama and and that's been it's been really um, enjoyable to do that work but I would say the the main focus where I am directing myself towards is is surfers and that's where it really fills me up like I remember coming back one time I, I did a session with um, Bella or something and it was like over like so many sessions and I was like oh wow Brookie like I just I just love what I do and, and then I, I guess everyone says I hear a lot of people, you know, if you're doing something you love, you're not doing work. And it is true, but to an extent of where are you getting filled up with that direction? Because I could be just pumping out sessions or whatever, and I'm not getting filled up. So it's, um, I've, I've definitely seen that that was a big game changer when I'm just like, I'm going to niche this to, this direct because if you please too many people it it gets a little um diluted or yeah i love that yeah i'm so glad you said that kind of in parting words because it's the it's the number one thing that that we seem to find difficult and that people miss in small business and um when you narrow down, you get to speak the language, you get to share the story, it, you get resonance, you know, and it mm. can feel like we're cutting out all this opportunity, but really it's opening mm. the door to speak the true language of the surfers. And when you can speak the true language, mm. they won't go anywhere else, you know, because they want to work with mm. you and they can see what that, that you understand them as well. Mm. It's really powerful, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's um, yeah, it's really cool to hear. Um, I guess this is the first first podcast I've done, so it's like it's nice to um have a reflection of it of where um this um surflows become and and where it's heading. Yeah, is there anything you want to talk about? in terms of the next vision or the next future that you guys are creating? Yeah. So the, the next sort of manifestation we've, we've visualizing is to, um, I guess it's all dependent with, um, well, 
with what's happening with the borders and everything. But um, our vision is traveling Australia next year and still offering what I um, surf and around Australia. And, and hopefully if there's some opportunities happen overseas, I'll, I'll fly over to them. But, um, and then our vision is to spend uh, a couple of months a year over in India indo with the family and offer it there um to building um a sustainable eco tiny house um and then and then airbnb that um, while we're still traveling so really just having a um, foundation of well we've um, created this space with ohana we've we've been able to live in full time and we've been able to travel and then see what australia um and then growing surflow and and um meeting new people in around australia and then taking the kids to see the world really um and and i feel that um the vision of having that um, we've, we've um, seen so much of like this beautiful country and, and then seeing the world, it's going to be, um, we're really looking forward to that vision of, of the, of the bus and then a tiny house and then having like a little dojo there really that I can have, um, enough space to just really have even little small retreats or, mm. um, but I would be doing uh, the vision is to do some stuff over in Indo as well. So then mm. just because it's such a, um, in the mental ways or something where we can have that space and just working deeper with the, the athletes and the clients and that. And, and we're really looking forward to, um, Brookie's started her own little business, so it's been it's been really cool to see um, us work together in and seeing that vision. And um, as I was driving back today from a client down in Aladella, like just reading all the stuff that um, we we're visualizing to see happen um, over the next couple of years is is really um, really powerful, and we're really looking forward to opening more doors (laughs) love it well i think that's a great place to wrap it up thank you so much for taking the time out and sharing your journey you know it's been cool to see i think overall um the person the power of the personal story how you've wrapped that into the work and the way that you Mm. serve people um the value of the niche and narrowing down and then I think that third sort of pillar that we covered with the visualization and, and setting, um, you know, intention or, or direction on where you want to go and doing that mm. together with other people. Uh, there's so much mm. value with all of those. So thank you for sharing. Really appreciate it. Mm. And we're looking forward to watching the next phase of the, of you guys' journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> That's okay, man. Thanks. Look forward to catching up in, I think we're coming back up through in 
in um, start of February. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, let's yeah. connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome, brother. Great. Thanks so much. Cool. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that one. Feel free to send any questions to john at johntmarsh.com. I'll put Takesh's handles and website into the show notes. So jump over and check out his journey, see what they're up to. It's really cool to watch uh, what they do and, and where they're heading as well. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it as always and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.